0: MSW Media
1: with swearing. Dear beans, dear beans, dear beans, dear beans.
0: Hello and welcome to The Daily Beans for Monday, August 24th, 2020. Today, we are on vacation, but we have put together uh, an amalgamation of clips and interviews for you to enjoy while we are out of town. We will be back next Monday, full-throated for the last 65 days leading up to the election, so please enjoy the following. Hot notes. Okay, so let's go through these headlines from Page St. John in the Los Angeles Times. Early COVID-19 deaths in the Bay Area in California suggest that coronavirus had established itself in the community long before health officials started poking around, and that lag time has allowed the virus to spread unchecked before social distancing rules went into effect. A study out from Stanford shows a dramatic viral surge in February. But data collected by the CDC and local health departments suggest it was a lot earlier, most likely back in December. And it wasn't recognized because we were having a severe flu season on top of it, and symptoms are very much alike, as you know. I mean, there's, there are differences, but they're very much alike. The Bay Area is a natural hub for those traveling to and from China, according to the LA Times. And Santa Clara County had its first two cases almost a week before federal approval for emergency testing on February 4th. And both travelers were returning from Wuhan. Couple that with little or no community testing in January and February, and you could see where Stanford draws its conclusions about the viral spike in February. I know Jordan had some uh, had a had a sickness at the end of January that uh, she's you know we're kind of all convinced that she had it. Um, because of her, you know, the very specific symptoms that she had. And hopefully soon we'll have more access to serology tests where we can find out if we are carrying the antibody, meaning we have had COVID-19. And speaking of early detection, the New York Times dropped two monster stories over the weekend about an email group called Red Dawn and what the federal government knew and when they knew it about coronavirus. We've we've heard a lot of, of stories about... Uh, Trump and the early warnings uh, that, that he received and the White House received. Um, but this just sort of puts it all together. It's the credible um, journalism. And the examination reveals the president was warned about the potential for a pandemic, but internal divisions and lack of planning and faith in his own instinct led to this crappy response. And part of the Red Dawn group, which is named after the movie about the movies about a group of Americans trying to save the country from an invasion, Um, Part of this group, which is comprised of public health experts from universities and agencies across the country, included Dr. Carter Metcher from the VA, who wrote on the night of January 28th, back in January, quote, any way you cut it, this is going to be bad. The projected size of the outbreak already seems hard to believe. And we know that addition in addition to Red Dawn uh, and and these uh, doctors who and Fauci was part of this group as well. Uh, there was a memo circulated by Peter Navarro on January 29th that also predicted half a million deaths and cost trillions of dollars, that, that the coronavirus could, could take trillions away from the economy. But even as Trump limited travel from China at the end of January, which we're showing as has not having been effective, even though he keeps touting it as wonderful genius, public health had to compete with economic considerations in internal debates. And basically what happened is all the public health officials agreed that travel bans were useless and mitigation or non-pharmaceutical interventions known as NPIs were the answer and the only answer, closing schools, social distancing, etc. And in February, Dr. Kadlec from the Health the Department of Health and Human Services had run a tabletop exercise concluding pretty much the same stuff that Navarro concluded. And health experts decided to meet with Trump to tell him he had to impose national NPIs to mitigate this outbreak. Close schools, and ten you no know, no more than ten in a gathering. You know, stay six feet apart. Um, stay at home. Uh, but but on the way back from India, um, Doctor uh, Trump was flying back on Air Force One. Doctor Nancy Masaniere, the director of national the National Center for Communication for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases. ...publicly issued her blunt warning, uh, if you remember this warning, without consulting the White House. She just went ahead and came out with it. And that tanked the stock market, which pissed Trump off. So he canceled his meetings with Dr. Cadler, who was also part of the Red Dawn group. And and he did not succumb to pressure to institute social distancing guidelines until three weeks later. And during those three weeks, February 16th uh, or 27th to March 16th, the virus was allowed to sweep across the country... Fairly unchecked. Um, then there's the China factor. Trump didn't want to upset China. And a lot of people who were coming to him with uh, this problem about this virus that could be, you know, have an issue are China hawks. Um, and so, of course, there was also a Situation Room meeting, uh, which we've talked about before, where Trump asked Fauci. Why not just let this wash over the country? Just herd immunity. Just let everybody get it. And uh, apparently, according to New York Times here, it took Fauci a minute to figure out what Trump was saying because it's so unbelievable. And when he did, he was very alarmed and he told the president, we can't let it wash over the country. Many will die, Uh, according to the models that they had, 2.2 to 4 million people, um, if you just let it do its thing. Uh, And the New York Times uh, closes with this quote, saying the chaotic culture of the Trump White House contributed to the crisis, a lack of planning and a failure to execute combined with the president's focus on the news cycle and his preference for following his gut rather than the data cost time and perhaps lives. I really recommend you check out reading the Red Dawn emails. New York Times has published all of them. I believe they don't have a paywall for any coronavirus news. So you should check that out. And now from Raw Story, Labor Secretary Eugene Scalia's implementation of the coronavirus stimulus package is coming under fire from Democratic lawmakers who say his handling of the new law favors corporations and leaves workers, working folks behind. Scalia, son of the late Justice Antonin Scalia, has used the department's authority to limit who qualifies for joblessness assistance and to make it easier for you know, small businesses not to pay family leave benefits. Lawmakers have voiced concerns that the Labor Department's lack of urgency makes it more difficult for gig workers to get benefits. Um, And and Scalia says, quote, he's not he doesn't make any he has no qualms about being an asshole. He says, unemployment is not the preferred outcome when government stay at home orders force temporary business shutdowns. We want workers to have to work, not to become dependent on the employment system. So he's coming under a lot of fire for for his handling of this uh, and rightfully so. And the numbers today um, in the coronavirus epidemic show over 1.8 million infected globally with over 113,000 deaths. And in the United States, we have 532,000, a little more than 532,000 cases and 21,700 deaths, uh, almost 7,000 in New York alone. And if that weren't enough, um, other news going around the uh, happening around the globe right now, Krakatoa erupted. Um, And the Chernobyl forest fires are burning out of control, radioactive fires. Uh, And if you want to get biblical, there's apparently a swarm of locusts threatening millions in Africa, which is going to be 10 times worse, projected to be 10 times worse than the last swarm. That's diabolical and and horrible. and, And we're dealing with all of this on top of on top of this global global pandemic. Um, And from the Associated Press, I found this really helpful. It's called A Week of False News About Coronavirus, and it's a roundup of the most popular but completely untrue stories about the coronavirus pandemic. The first claim, tonic water or quinine supplements can be used to prevent and treat coronavirus. Uh, Actually, medical experts say as of now, there is no proven medication or home remedy that can cure coronavirus. Facebook posts saying drinking Schweppes tonic water will work because it contains quinine. Quinine can be used to treat malaria. Malaria drugs like hydroxychloroquine are the synthetic form of quinine. So people are saying drink tonic water. Doctors say you can make a nice gin and tonic with it, but it's not going to help. It's not going to do anything. Next, people are sharing maps showing a correlation between COVID-19 and locations where 5G has been installed. Uh, There's no evidence that 5G is at all related to the coronavirus. There's no truth to it. It's stupid. Don't just ignore that. Um, Next, former President Obama. uh, Here's here's the, the lie here. People are saying people are spreading this thing around saying Obama is saying he would not allow white people to kill Africans with their toxic vaccines. Uh, This fabricated claim shared across social media grew out of a French TV segment where two doctors suggested that tuberculosis vaccine be tested in Africa in trials to fight the coronavirus. The doctors were accused of racism for the comments they made on the French news channel LCI earlier this month with celebrities like soccer star uh, Didier Drogba and actor John Boyega sharing their outrage on Twitter after a video with the doctor's comments circulated online. Uh, Dr. Machidiso Modi? Uh, The World Health Organization's regional director on Africa also shared a clip of the doctors on Twitter calling the video deeply upsetting. Quote, all research, including on COVID-19 and this global crisis, must be ethical and based on principles, she said. Uh, The French National Institute of Health and Medical Research tweeted April 2nd that it uh, that the edited video had been taken out of context. Shortly after the video emerged online, though, social media users began sharing posts suggesting Obama had asked Africans not to accept vaccines from American from America and Europe, and urged people to share the message widely. They quoted Obama falsely, saying, I'll be an accomplice if I don't denounce this evil act white people want to do to Africans. First of all, I was born in America, but I'm uh, African blood. I'm not going to allow white people to kill Africans with their toxic vaccines. And that is just a completely false post. Uh, Obama never said that. Uh, Another claim, a false claim going around, is that Walmart has adopted staggered shopping schedules based on age, um, Monday, uh, age 66 and up. Tuesday, 56 to 65. Wednesday, 46 to 55. Thursday, etc. Uh, this is a totally false. They do have special um, hours to cater to seniors um, who experts have said, you know, could be more vulnerable to coronavirus. But a post circulating on Facebook features logos for Walmart and Sam's Club and falsely states that the discount retailers is establishing shopping days based on age groups. The post apologizes for any inconvenience before breaking out what age groups can shop, which I just sort of went over with you. And Sunday shopping is for emergency only. Anyway, that whole thing is fake. That is not happening. Another 5G conspiracy theory making the rounds says that it kills birds. And a set of photos is circulating on Facebook that shows dozens of dead birds scattered in the streets and sidewalks. uh, And falsely described uh, the photo as showing the effects of electromagnetic radiation. Can you imagine what 5G will do to us? It says. Um... The photos date to February 4th when a strong wind knocked over a tree uh, in Rome. Uh, According to Italian media outlets, when the tree fell over, a man was injured and several birds that had made their nests in the tree were killed. Photos and video published of the time showed the fallen tree next to dozens of dead birds saying, uh, look, if if this is electromagnetic radiation can do to birds, what will 5G do to us? So those are the BS conspiracy theory stories for the week. Thank you to Associated Press for rounding them all up. We'll be right back after this quick break with John Cryer to discuss saving the post office. Stay around. After
2: these messages, will be right back.
0: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening while we're out of town. This is AG, and as you know, I would do anything for my pod pets. Listeners know that the show knows of the trials and tribulations of the pod cat and of my crazy pod dog. Their health and well-being are my top priority, and that's why I feed them Nom Nom. Nom Nom is a pet health company that makes fresh, restaurant-quality foods for dogs and cats. Every meal is prepared just days before it ships out. It arrives at your door fresh, and it's perfectly portioned for your pet's dietary needs. Just tell Nom Nom a little bit about your pet, and they'll create a meal plan based on your pet's age, breed, weight, and health needs. Not a calorie more, not a morsel less. Nom Nom is super convenient. Just open the pack, pour, and go. There's no scooping, no sealing, no worries about it being over or under feeding them. Nom Nom is obsessed with every step of their process. They prepare, mix, and pack every delivery with care in their own facilities. Their board-certified veterinary nutritionist is dedicated to researching and creating each recipe. Plus, Nom Nom ingredients are 100% sourced in the United States. Unlike other fresh pet food, you can actually recognize the ingredients in Nom Nom's recipes. You can visibly see the peas and carrots carrots, and protein, potatoes, and more. I started feeding the podcat uh, their fish feast, which is made with salmon, tilapia, and more, and he loves it, and his coat is looking lustrous, AF, I might say. So switch to the fresh pet food that's backed by science. Try Nom, Nom today, and you'll get 50% off a two-week trial. Go to trynom.com/ slash dailybeans. That's T-R-Y-N-O-M dot com slash dailybeans for 50% off your two-week trial. Hey everybody, welcome back! And I'm excited about this. Joining us today for the interview, he plays Lex Luthor on Supergirl on the C Dubs, and he was, of course, in Two and a Half Men. And if you know our audience, if I know our audience, which I think I do, you'll also know him as Ducky from Pretty in Pink and Maxwell Hauser from Hiding Out. Please welcome John John Cryer. John, thanks for speaking with me today.
3: So so happy to be here.
0: I almost called you Choir, John Choir.
3: Yeah, well, you know, uh, uh, we I I, when I introed myself earlier, I was uh, uh, singing. You uh, so, But I won't do that now because I think uh, people have had a rough enough week. <laughs> That's very
0: kind. <laughs> um, uh, I thought you had a, a fantastic voice. That's just me. I'm oh, biased. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk to you about the upcoming elections um, and how this administration is just basically out to steal it. Because, you, you know, you're not a supervillain, but you play one on TV. And so I thought you might have some relevant input here. Of course, we know about vast voter suppression, gerrymandering, ridiculous voter ID laws, all designed to limit the number of voters and disenfranchise those who typically vote blue. It's the only way that the Republicans can win. And Trump admitted that during one of his press conferences. Then, of course, we have Russian interference. We have the Ukraine scandal to get dirt on Joe Biden. But this week, we learned about another extraordinary step to block access to voting, and that's that the Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, are refusing to rescue the post office, which is uh, set to become uh, insolvent in June, and this is while Democrats are pushing for vote by mail amidst the coronavirus outbreak. I wanted your take on that. What's happening with the post office?
3: Well, it's interesting because because it, it it actually uh, uh, corresponds to a bunch of GOP um, goals. You know, they I mean their their vast overarching goal, uh, uh, besides uh, creating a, a Sort of corrupt kleptocracy uh, um, is appears to be uh, the privatization of the postal service. Um, you know they've been wanting to do that for decades. In fact, uh, m- you know my understanding of when they they uh, they 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 enforced a, a they actually uh, and the outgoing Congress of was it 2006? No, when was it? I don't remember when it was exactly, but they uh, uh changed the the pension vesting rules mm-hmm. for uh, for the post office, ba- making it basically impossible for the post office to run at a profit. They were already in trouble, but they by requiring them to fund their pensions for another fifty years, they were trying to bring about privatization uh, supposedly. Do you recall this?
0: Yeah, I I 100% recall this. That that pretty much made them – they were set to – because of that decision, they had been set to run out of money a few times, and and they were – I think they were going to be solvent until 2021 until coronavirus hit.
3: Yeah. And so and obviously mail has dropped precipitously. Uh, Businesses can't afford to advertise and send out uh, all those mailers that you love so much getting in the mail. (laughs) Um, But this this whole push seems to dovetail with a bunch of things that the GOP wants, Um, uh, you know, and and it it dovetails with what Trump wants as well. Uh, You know, he's had uh, uh, he's had a bug up his butt about Amazon and Amazon's deal with the post office. For a long time because the post office does two things for amazon um the post office uh uh has their their lat what they call their last mile service which is mean which means that they service rural areas that amazon won't go because they're just too far um the the post office is required to to service those areas so they do so for amazon um and they charge them normal postal rates for that uh and trump has for a long time been saying that the post office would be solvent if they would charge much higher rates to do that. Um, but my understanding is that that's not actually the case, um, that, the, that the post office actually has excess capacity anyway, um, and that, char- that changing their rates for that wouldn't necessarily make them – they'd still have to pay those, those expenses. So it wouldn't actually change things for them is my understanding.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I remember uh, the report came out um when where Trump had pressured the postmaster general to like double the shipping rates on on Bezos on Amazon because you know I mean he also owns the Washington Post which is not Trump's favorite thing and uh that to me with, was an impeachable offense I mean we remember Nixon uh, mobilized and weaponized the IRS to go after and do audits on his democratic opponents This was no different. It was an abuse of power to try to pressure the postmaster general to do that. So he's he's been mad about them for a while.
3: Yeah, and then there's the then there's the overall effort of uh, you know trying to cut down a on the the, uh, reporting of the census, which is uh, which is we're in the midst of going out, uh, and that that uh, you know certainly with a pandemic raging, mail in balloting is going to be much more attractive to people in general than. Uh, than uh, showing up in person. So, so again, this this dovetails with a lot of goals for them, um, but it's hard to pick out one because it's because it's so, there's so many.
0: Yeah, I have to go with the vote by mail thing. I know that they're very against that. Trump brought up in a press conference that if we vote by mail, Republicans will never win again, uh, and he's right. <laughs> and um, so now he's on he's on this uh, marketing goal of, of convincing Americans that when you vote by mail, it increases the likelihood of fraud, which has not been proven at all in states that have nothing but mail-in ballots. We just had the Alaska primary uh, yesterday, uh, total mail-in vote there. Um, but I, I I think this is really aimed at, at vote by mail. We saw what happened in Wisconsin with the state Supreme Court and the, and the conservative su- Supreme Court ruling that Wisconsinites had to vote in person, putting their lives at risk and I'm afraid if Trump reopens the country before we have a mass testing program in place, which he doesn't even seem to understand the question when asked about that, um, I think we could see a second wave uh, and it could hit in November and, and we have to vote then. Yeah.
3: and Now, I have to say I'm a little mystified about their antipathy toward mail voting, mail-in voting, mail voting because, yeah, yes, he said that. But it would seem to me that there's a lot of natural constituencies for mail-in voting That would favor Republicans like the military, like older people, a lot of people who already use mail-in voting, it seems like would favor Republicans (laughs) to me. I mean, am I nuts?
0: Well, Trump himself mail-in voted in 2018 Exactly, because, you know, he's like, look, I live here. I'm the president. I can't go to florida and vote and that we were trying to tell him well wisconsinites can't go to the polls to vote either because they will die if <laughs> you know so i'm not sure like why your excuse you know your absentee excuse is is uh you know more important than than the lives of wisconsinites or anybody else who's going to have to vote eventually uh but yeah he voted by mail himself so it's just it seems very odd you're right uh that that um it, it would get more Republican votes. But I think he knows. Uh, I think he knows the writings on the wall. The more people that can vote, the less likely Republicans are to win.
3: Yeah, that's that seems to have been demographically shown over and over and over. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I still, you know, uh, uh, I'm still curious about, you know, the the for a lot of uh, for a long time, people have been proposing that the Postal Service could actually become profitable if it did If it got into other areas like postal banking uh, and the post office, by the way, already um, uh, contracts itself out to Amazon um, as a as a delivery service. They they uh, you know, a lot of time, if you've gotten a package on Sunday, it's because a a U.S. postal person did it, you know, delivered it for you. So. um, So, again, it would seem like this just seems like a huge loser for Republicans in many respects, because. Uh, you know, it, it, the Postal Service is one of the most popular government services that the U.S. government has.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also uh, enshrined in the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7 is the Postal Clause. It empowers Congress to establish post offices and roads so that they can be so post the post can be delivered. So I'm confused as how Republicans are going to ignore that bit. They seem to wave the Constitution around when it benefits them. Uh, and ignore it when it doesn't. So it it'll be interesting to see how that fight goes.
3: I I'm mystified. This just seems I, I I'm mystified. Just uh, yes, I, I get it. Uh uh, the 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 GOP has been horrendous on a bunch of issues. This just seems like also a political loser for them because I feel like it's going to hit their constituents in a way that they're really going to notice. You know, uh, uh, and and it would seem like uh, it it just seems like this just seems nuts to me.
0: Yeah. And and I'm also concerned about how, you know, the privatization of the post office could impact, um, you know, this administration tends to project, they tend to to. Blame others for that which they are guilty. And if there's any voter fraud, I could see there being a potential for voter fraud with privatization in favor of the Republicans, but nothing else, really. Yeah. Uh,
3: and and, and you, we forget that the post office is this is this cultural unifier for the entire United States. You know, it's it's really uh, uh, it, it means a lot to, to people. Uh, your postman, you know, your postman, you know, <laughs> everybody knows the, the, the people that deliver their mail. They've seen them. You know, this is a huge workforce, by the way, that we're talking about possibly getting uh, unemployed during a pandemic. Uh, uh, you know, I, I just feel like this is a, a third rail for the Republicans, and I don't know why they're even considering it.
0: Well, they've been successful at this kind of stuff in the past. I mean, he managed to get his base to to hate war heroes like John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I don't see there being a problem with him uh being able to flip his base on on something like the post office. There'll be people like, "Yeah, F the post office, bunch of assholes." And you'd be like, "What? That's the post office." <laughs> uh and one of my main concerns is that Democrats are going to demand money for the post office. They're, they're working on a second stimulus package and they're going to demand vote by mail funding, which because they did that in the first one. But that was a non-starter for Republicans. And I think Republicans aren't going to budge on this. And then, of course, just as they did with the first stimulus, they'll blame Democrats for holding additional stimulus money hostage when it was actually the Republicans that kept the stimulus money low in the first package that, you know, they limited the amounts everybody got in the first package. Um. And I'm pretty optimistic as a as a person, but this seems highly problematic politically for Democrats. I'm not sure how they get around it.
3: I, I'm I'm not either. It's uh, I I. It does feel like people, because they're stuck at home, uh, at least on social media, they seem to be paying attention. Hmm. Um, so that's that's nice. And uh, uh and and there's been interesting uh, polling effects too. Like uh, uh, usually uh, the rally around the flag. Uh, Aspect of polling is incredibly powerful when there's something when there's a national crisis like this. And this is, by the way, a national crisis that is unparalleled in, you know, in in my life. I have not been, you know, I'm trying to think of a, a national crisis that that came as close and had this much effect on my day to day living. And I, I, I can't think of one right away, you know. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, so I I uh, I, but interestingly, Trump got he got a rally rally around the flag bump for a very short period of time, and it appears to have almost completely dissipated at this point, uh, uh, which is uh, which is fascinating to me because that's, you know, uh, you know, America, when we feel we're in crisis, tends to rally around its leader, you know, very powerfully. And that is not occurring.
0: Yeah, I think Bush's popularity rating or approval rating went up to like 80 percent or something after after nine eleven and and uh, I, I mean just unprecedented numbers, I think he peaked at fifty or fifty five, and now he's back down in the forties.
3: Yeah. So uh, yeah. It, it, so it does seem like people are are paying attention to some degree, uh, and you know it, it's uh, uh you know the, and the fact that the administration seems to have no plan for going forward. I mean, this has been driving me crazy. It's like even if even if you say even if you're you're going to claim. You know, we weren't flat footed. We, we, we had a travel ban on China, even though that's now appearing to have been uh, uh, largely ineffective. You know, it, it, you know, he, he, he can you know, it, you can always argue that in hindsight, we screwed up. But, you know, we, we, you know, given the information we had, we did the best we could. You can always make that. But not having a plan going forward is inexcusable or, or saying, oh, Ivanka is going to come up with something. No, Ivanka. <laughs> you know, I, I, for some reason, the, the, uh, uh, the knockoff handbag lady, uh, you know, as God lover for, uh, uh, for, for making a living doing that, um, I don't believe is, is going to be, uh, doing a, a great job with it.
0: Yeah. I don't think her or her husband have the answers <laughs> that we need. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, this is, um, this is a crisis of proportions that i think a lot of us can't even fathom right now cuz we're in it um but you know i am i'm very concerned about about how we're going to vote uh, how we're going to vote in this election and <clears throat> i'm interested to see uh with a little bit of worry and a sort of a you know a, a dash of anxiety uh in there uh, how it how it all plays out
3: yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how further primaries uh, happen. How uh, d- w- what's the next one? Do you know what the next primary is?
0: No, I think they all got pushed back to June 9th or June twenty third. I knew New York's in June twenty third. Um, we had you know Wisconsin obviously, and we're waiting for results. We're supposed to get those tomorrow, and then Alaska, the results came in today, and that was. But they were all vote by mail, and that was I think fifty five to forty four, something like that.
3: Uh huh. And and I haven't seen any returns on the Wisconsin. Uh, uh, debacle. Have we heard how, how to what extent uh, uh, voter uh, voting went down?
0: Yeah, I I haven't even seen any exit polls or turnout numbers um, for Wisconsin. I haven't seen any results, uh, and I you know I keep pinging the page, but everything seems to like it's going to be coming out tomorrow. But I I'm assuming that there weren't any exit polls done because people didn't want to risk, you know contracting the virus
3: yeah and who's going to answer them i mean you're going to have to yell your answers in front of all of your neighbors <laughs> you know, you know. i don't know i don't know how you uh, i don't know how you do that as a pollster
0: yeah no one's going to be uh, wanting to yell out i voted for marianne williamson like I- yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for helping me parse this issue today. Uh, tell everyone uh, we went over this a little bit before we started recording. Where they can find Supergirl right now? It's 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 there's some, a couple of different places. <laughs> it's almost
3: as complicated as uh, voting by mail. Uh, <laughs> it is it, the 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 CW app, which is free and awesome. Uh, you can watch the last five episodes of Supergirl, um, but if you want anything further back than that, you stream it on Netflix. Um, And but that'll only be for the next few months, because then it's all going to go over to HBO Max. (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
0: Okay. All right. So get it while it's hot. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Binge it while you can. Uh, And you can also follow uh, John at uh, at Mr. John Cryer, no H and John on Twitter. Thank you again for for speaking me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure. All right. Stick around. We'll be right back with the good news right after this. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, this segment of the podcast is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Like many of you, I've had a lot of trouble sleeping these past few years. Uh, I'll toss and turn at night. I'm unable to get comfortable. I'll wake up in the night. Then I'll get, you know, in the morning I'm tired and sore. And my first thought was the insomnia was caused by the ongoing nightmare of having a painfully putrid Putin puppet president. But as it turned out, my lack of restful sleep was actually caused by my pathetically paltry problematic mattress. But everything changed with Helix Sleep. Helix understands that you are unique and they customize your mattress to fit you and the way you sleep best helix sleep created a sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you if you like a mattress that's soft or firm or if you sleep on your side or your back or your stomach or if you sleep really hot or cool with helix there's a mattress for each body's unique taste like me i was matched with the helix midnight because i like my bed medium firm and i sleep on my side so it's perfect for me but you don't need to take my word for it helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and 2020 by gq and wired magazine just go to helix sleep Dot com slash daily beans and take their two minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best night's sleep of your li- sleep of your life. They have a ten year warranty and you get to try it out for a hundred sleeps, risk free. And they'll pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will totally love it. Helix is offering up to two hundred dollars off all mattress orders for our listeners at helix dot slash daily beans. That's helix h e l i x sleep dot com slash daily beans for up to two hundred dollars off. All right, everybody, welcome back. Joining me today for the interview is former federal prosecutor and host of the new podcast, Justice Matters, our friend Glenn Kirshner. Glenn, congrats on the podcast launch and thank you for speaking with me today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. The podcast is a new venture and we're enjoying it. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go.
0: Welcome to the podcasting family. I'm very Thank excited you. for this, and I'm excited to listen to your show. Uh, and I wanted to have you on today to ask you. We'll talk about that a little bit in a little bit, but I, I wanted to ask you about the couple of statutes that are being broken uh, by the Postmaster General, and if you think if there's any likelihood of him being indicted or prosecuted, or removed or resigning prior to this election. I mean, I know that uh, you know they've sort they've stopped. Removing sorting machines and and uh, and things like that, but uh, you know, I'm 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 looking at the next eighty days. So if you can maybe expand on that a little bit, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, and I guess the first thing I would say is they've told us that they stopped removing sorting machines,
0: <laughs> but then they they tell us a lot of things, don't they?
2: They do. Um, and we've all you know watched in horror as they've been pulling mailboxes and putting locks on them. Um, you know, so. I have no confidence that what they say they are doing or not doing is actually true. So the the answer to the big question, could Louis DeJoy be indicted between now and election day? I, I think it's a possibility. It may not be a likelihood, but you know, we see that the states are beginning to step up and realize that they actually have an independent responsibility to the citizens of their states. Mm-hmm. To you know, help them vote in free and fair elections. They don't have to stand idly by while Donald Trump and Louis DeJoy burn the post office down, figuratively mm-hmm. speaking, in a transparent attempt to interfere in the election. So I, I have I've heard, I've seen two criminal referrals now, one in Arizona, by the Secretary of State. Who made a criminal referral to the state attorney general in Arizona of both DeJoy and Trump and asked that, you know, the attorney general, please look into the possible criminal violations of state law. And you know, every state has its own laws on the books decided to protect the citizens right to vote in their state. And, you know, when you look at what's on the books in Arizona and you look at what's on the books in New Jersey, which is the other jurisdiction where there's been a criminal referral thus far, you know, what you have to do is investigate promptly at light speed, I would suggest, like literally within a matter of weeks, whether what Trump and DeJoy are doing violates those state laws, because in my view, they almost this their conduct almost certainly violates any number of state laws. So the other criminal referral that we've already seen is from a New Jersey congressman who made a criminal referral to the attorney general for the state of New Jersey. And he listed in his two-page letter um, the various state statutes that DeJoy and Trump are likely violating. so, And then this morning, we've seen more attorney generals step up, attorneys general. We saw the attorney general from Connecticut say that he has been meeting with, I think, a half a dozen other attorneys general. And so I think we are going to see some positive developments because the states are stepping up. I believe they're going to start flooding the courts, both civilly seeking injunctions to stop the joy from destroying the post office in advance of the election. And I am hoping you see criminal charges because there is no reason. Now, we know Bill Barr will not investigate Donald Trump or any of his, you know, cabinet officials or frankly anybody in the executive branch, notwithstanding the fact that what they're doing violates federal law. When you look at the federal law, 18 U.S.C. 1703. Mm -hmm. For those of us scoring at home, (laughs) it's a crime to delay the delivery of the mail by somebody who is entrusted with the delivery of the mail. I I maintain there is probable cause uh, to open a grand jury investigation and probably seek a warrant right now based Mm -hmm. on everything we have seen publicly reported. I believe when Donald Trump says the quiet part out loud, (laughs) That I'm slowing the mail because I don't like this whole mail-in ballot thing that's going to enable more people to vote. For goodness sakes, you have a criminal conspiracy between Donald Trump and Louis DeJoy to violate 18 U.S.C. 1703, unlawfully delaying service of the mail. It's, you know, that's criminal law 101. Will Mm -hmm. Bill Barr investigate that? Of course not. Um, Should the states be investigating it and actually dropping arrest warrants on the heads of both DeJoy and Trump? I say, let's do it. If the evidence is there to support the criminal charges, let's do it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, there's a couple of different things going on here. First of all, if if Barr won't do it federally, the states can might do it. Uh, There's a non-zero chance we could see that happen, like you said. Uh, But then, of course, like you and I always talk about post-election, if Biden is Mm -hmm. elected starting January 21st, 2020, uh, or even the 20th, why why not start same day? um, Mm -hmm. These these carry a five year statute of limitations, these crimes. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and so. There we have of what I'm feeling like is if, you know, Trump is involved in this, which he clearly is. He's even admitted that he is. That is a pattern of criminal behavior to interfere in federal elections that could kind of lasso in all of his interference and obstruction in 2016 past that five year you know how you know how like Manafort they were able to go back to tax shit from mm-hmm, past the statute of limitations and rope it in because he didn't stop criming. I think you, that could apply here. And I told Donald Trump, not personally, but I said you have to stop criming by January first, twenty twenty, or you're, you know, it, or you're going to continue the clock on, on um, the statute of limitations. And he did not. And now we're and now it's in the same kind of boathouse. And so I'm looking for that. And then, of course, between now and the election is is a different story. And I think, you know, we've got the House, we, we pressured the House to be called back to D.C. I think they're going to put together a clean funding bill for the USPS. Hopefully the Senate uh, is into it, too, and we can give, give a, a, a veto-proof majority. But then you're just funding, you're just giving money to a criminal to, to yeah. burn and piss on. So it's like yeah. what... what uh, it's like, what can we possibly do? So, I mean, you know, we're advising people to, to walk your ballot in. Um, yep. But uh, in the meantime, though, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, agreed to testify August 24th, um, which is much better than September 17th. Uh, and we'll see what he has to say. I really hope they put a prosecutor up there to ask questions, though, because you're going to want the answers to that when you federally criminally prosecute him after Trump is out of office. You're going to need that yep. testimony.
2: And I'm not worried about the statute of limitations so much. You know why? Because if Donald Trump did only one crime in 2015 or 2016, then I might be biting my nails counting the days until the five-year statute of limitations expired. (laughs) The dude is a a, a jamboree of criminal conduct. It continues to – what time is it today? So – I am not worried because much as when I was prosecuting murderers and I knew they had three or four bodies to their credit, and unfortunately a lot of our killers are repeat offenders Mm -hmm. because once you pull the trigger the first time, it becomes much easier in my experience working murder cases for 22 years for the killers to pull the trigger the second time. Mm-hmm. And so we had people with three, four bodies to their credit. And as long as I could nail them with one or two solid murder cases, you know, you can and I don't want to sound harsh, but. We were there to protect the community and you can only confine a man for but one lifetime. So we are going to have so many crimes to choose from with respect to Donald Trump beginning in January that I don't care if the statute of limitations has run on some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're right. I mean, I don't know that the testifying. I don't know that dumping more de- money money into DeJoy's postal coffers really helps what will help is if the states get on top of these people and seek temporary injunctions from the specific acts they are undertaking to interfere with the election, and if the evidence is there, issue arrest warrants. Let Bill Barr step in. Let him make a modified and probably bogus supremacy clause argument that the states can't touch the feds, even though the this, this supremacy clause is actually pretty narrow in its application. That will not stop Bill Barr. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, But I think the states need to mobilize right now because I think our federal approach to all of these crimes and atrocities by Trump and company, no matter what we do, it will fall short. It has fallen short and it will continue to fall short. So the states need to step up because they're the ones with the lion's share of the power under the 10th Amendment anyway. So let's use it.
0: Mm, yeah and and back to the congressional bill if they do pass it I'm sure they could include things that dictate how that money is spent and what must be done but uh, I mean that sort of goes beyond legislation you know what I mean that's not like mm-hmm. uh, it might just be for this particular funding package you have to put the ma- turn those machines back on like from trading places yeah. you have to uh, put the boxes back you have to you um, assure that, uh, the b- ballots and mail are delivered on time. And it's, and it, and while the election is hugely important, this isn't just about ballots. This is about our mail, our post office, our constitutionally protected post office service, postal service, and veterans aren't getting their medications. I'm one of them. Um, uh, people are losing business. Small businesses are going under because they can't ship their wares and their goods to, to their customers. It's, it, it's, it's, it's fright. It's there's so many unintended consequences here. And I but I you know what? I, I have a feeling Trump told DeJoy, go ahead and break the law. I'll pardon you. I just have a feeling.
2: Oh, he's going to be pardoning everybody. And and I don't know that this qualifies as irony, but Trump is probably hurting most some of the people who make up his base, like in rural America, mm-hmm. who really depend every day on the mail service. So, you know, it, it, it it's really not. And when Trump says, I'm all about the economy. Well, guess what? When you destroy the post office, you destroy the economy. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me that this is all about the economy. This is about chaos because one amidst chaos, Donald Trump and his criminal associates thrive because they get to grift and they get to steal and they get to skim off the top. Mm. And this, the chaos will allow Donald Trump on November 4th to begin flooding the courts with suits claiming there was so much chaos that the election results are invalid. So chaos is the goal for all Trump action.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. I agree with you. Um, we just got to what, uh, what what's the saying? Keep our heads on a swivel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just uh, yeah. just keep calling it out. And speaking of calling it out, uh, tell everybody about your new podcast, please, where they can find it and uh, and, and what they can look forward to
2: yeah so the podcast is justice matters and we have uh, we put our first long form about an hour long podcast up a couple of days ago we'll be posting one a week we're also posting the audio from my daily youtube videos but so many people said you know we like the youtube video but i you know i run and i mow the lawn and i'm sitting at work and i need it to be audio only. So we've stripped out the audio from the YouTube videos and we're putting that on the podcast every day. So you'll get 10, 12 minute segments every day. And then once a week, an hour long deep dive into the legal Trump abuse du jour. Mm. Um, (laughs) So you can get it everywhere. You know, we went through one of the services that has, that's put it on all of the different, you know, podcast platforms, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or this one or that one. So Um, you know, anywhere as they say, anywhere you get your podcasts. And then the other thing is we just started a Patreon page, which, um, I hesitated before I finally, um, took the dive. And if anybody wants to become a patron and wants to support our efforts and our content, you know, we would also, you know, welcome that. I put a lot of exclusive, uh, stuff up on the Patreon page for the people who decide they want to really support the content.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations. Uh, on the launch. Everybody check it out. Justice Matters. And like you said, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Glenn Kirshner, thanks for speaking with me today.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it.
0: Everybody stick around right after this quick break. We have the good news block. Don't want to miss it. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Summer is here. It is crazy hot outside, and we all need to hydrate. Drinking enough water increases your brain power, it boosts productivity, it prevents headaches, it increases focus, improves your skin and mood, and helps your digestion, and it gives you energy. Uh, It even prevents bad breath and can help you lose weight. But how much water should you drink every day? 10 cups? A gallon? Do you need an intravenous drip 24 7? Well, the good news is it doesn't have to be so complicated. That's why I start my day with hydrant. Hydrant helps you hydrate faster. Hydrant has created a refreshing electrolyte powder that you mix directly into water to more efficiently and effectively hydrate your body. It hydrates you quickly and keeps you going for longer. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes you need, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc, and it packs a punch to help your body hydrate fast and stay hydrated. If you're looking for that extra boost of energy, there's also Hydrant plus caffeine, which contains 100 milligrams of caffeine from green tea. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by an Oxford scientist, and it is also loved by pro athletes, top performers, Celebrities. It has thousands of five star reviews. It's made with real fruit juice powder. It's delicious and refreshing, and it comes in a variety of flavors, including new summer friendly iced tea lemonade and fruit punch. Right now, my favorite flavor is orange mango. You know I love mangoes. And it tastes amazing, and I always feel refreshed and revitalized. Plus, it's backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you don't love it, you can send it back for a full refund. You really need to try it for yourself to see what I'm talking about. It tastes incredible and it works. Hydrant starts just a buck a packet for 30 for a 30-day supply, and you save even more with a monthly subscription. We've got a special deal for our listeners. You can save 25% off your first order. Go to drinkhydrant.com/dailybeans or enter promo code dailybeans at checkout. That's d r i n k h y d r a n t.com/dailybeans and enter pro- promo code dailybeans for 25% off your first order. drinkhydrant.com/dailybeans and again, don't forget to enter promo code dailybeans to Save 25%. And we thank you for sponsoring the podcast Hydrant. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news.
2: Well, we'll blow good news all the way.
0: And joining me today for the good news is Jordan Coburn.
1: Hello.
0: Hello. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm great. I'm trying to uh, calm my dog down with a lot of peanut butter, so hopefully we can make it through this segment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the peanut butter elixir of the gods, exactly. Um, now, our first bit of good news. Uh, well, first of all, here's some good news, like off-topic related. Uh, Jam Master Jay's murderers, um, for you know, from Run DMC from 2002, have been caught and indicted. Damn, jeez. I know. I know, so we'll see. We'll see how uh, if justice is served. Um, But this first go, uh, now we're going to go to the listener. Uh, It's hard to segue out of that. That's a weird. (laughs) And speaking of Jam Master Jay and Run DMC, uh, you know, I I just can't. I don't have any segues. So here it is. Here's my segue. This now we're going to transition into the listener good news, and the first one is from Jenny, and I want to read it because it involves chickens, and I love chickens. So from Jenny. (laughs) And pronouns she, her, Jenny B. I have good news. Becca the pod chicken, by the way, I love that, Becca, <laughs> has started laying eggs. Ooh. Heather and Jesse are still freeloading twits, but that's a different post. Hell and yeah. And so now she's got a picture of Becca and then freeloading twits. I absolutely love this.
1: <laughs> labeled.
0: Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. It's labeled too. <laughs> oh, and we'll God. send that out.
1: That's very exciting.
0: And this is perfect because the next one is a puppy post, and so that's perfect for you.
1: Yes. Congrats on your eggs. Fertile Bach. Very exciting. Mm. Yay. Bach. Uh, Bach. I uh, have a piece of good news coming from Len, pronouns he, him. Just now, my magnificent daughter texted me. She and her husband are on a two hour drive back from Michigan to their Chicago suburb with the English lab puppy they have been waiting to bring home to their kids. His name is Cooper. I wish I could see the kids' faces when they get home. I wish I could see Jordan's face when she mm. sees this. Oh, oh God! <laughs> Look at that fat tongue! Oh, my God! And his
0: and his peats are huge. He's going to be big boy. And
1: magical, like, big. freaking polar bear fur.
0: I can smell the puppy breath Aww,
1: from here. so cute. That is adorable. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you
0: for sending that in, Lynn. Yes. And... Uh, <sighs> Ugh. and again, if you're a patron, we'll send these photos out in the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Get on it. Mm-hmm. Next up, from Lisa. Oh, you also get ad-free episodes and bonus content and <laughs> yeah. clubs and research notes and newsletters and all that shit, but you get pod pet pictures, most importantly. Most importantly. Precisely. Um, next up, from Lisa, pronouns she, her, in my very rural, very red county in a blue state, Trump flags and Confederate flags are plentiful. There's a house around the corner that was up for sale quite, for quite some time. They had a huge Confederate flag hanging from the porch. And I may have called the listing agent saying that I would be interested in the house but would never even step through the door to look at it as long as that flag was there. I, of course, was not interested in the house, <laughs> <laughs> but I just figured I'd let her know. Anyway, very recently... Uh, the for sale sign came down, as did the Confederate flag. Moving trucks showed up. So I now have new neighbors and they have hung a Black Lives Matter sign on the porch where the hateful flag used to be. I anonymously sent a fruit basket to welcome them. I love looking at the sign every time I go by. It's the only one I've seen anywhere near here. They have more courage than me. Um, I've suffered from vandalism for an Obama bumper sticker, but I'll head over to welcome them in person when the pandemic is over.
1: Ah, yes. That's so Nice. I feel like in a hostile mm. neighborhood, though, an anonymous fruit basket would be seen as suspicious. <laughs> They're like anonymous. Oh God. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, I know. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, that's so that's so sweet though. That's so 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 nice. Yeah, I do. You know, you know why I know people vandalize Obama shit and liberal shit because I used to vandalize Republican shit. When I was a kid, me and my mm. friends would go around her neighborhood and just like either steal and or draw like dicks on all of draw the dicks. Republican yeah. signs. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it, for some reason, drawing a dick on a Republican sign is a thing. I yeah. see it I see it all of the time. It
1: really is. It, and when you're a kid it just feels so right, you know? And then you get older and you're <laughs> like, Yeah, I probably didn't need to do that. <laughs> that
0: was a little shithead of me. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I should have just called. Maybe don't be a HOA fascist or something. Use use my my old white lady powers differently. It's mm. a it's a different sword. <laughs> um, it's definitely
0: a different sword. <laughs> yeah, the penis mightier for four hundred, <laughs> Alex.
1: Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, that's very, very cool, though. And what beautiful symbolism that in the same place, mm. it can rebirth and regenerate into something that is uh, aligned with justice and beauty. I love that. Especially when one of these
0: racist chants, the one we heard at Charlottesville, you will not replace us. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just fucking did. Yeah, quite fuck literally.
1: Out. Oh, yes. Yep. God, give me more of that. I love it um <laughs> next up from Beeks pronouns she her during the pandemic i am helping socially distance of course take care of my 97 year old grandma oma via my 74 <laughs> via my 74 year old mother oma has long been very vibrant and active campaigning for democrats working the polls and reading everything she can oma. find about her president barack obama but oma is growing weaker and struggles to recognize her daughter my mother and we were very worried she was going to die before she could be together again with her five great grandchildren whom she adores and who worship her every year my small family 13 and all gets together for a maryland blue crab fest and it is the highlight for our family we made every effort to get it done as safely as possible this year We largely self-quarantined for two weeks prior to the event in late July. Friends donated tables and coolers and all that we didn't have. We rented a porta potty and set everything up outside even the word porta potty puts a giant grin on my face i'm fucking five the mm. kids the kids wore masks around oma and she got to go home to her own safe house at night it was lovely oma loved every minute of it we're now more than three weeks out and no one caught covid brought covid or spread covid it was a small thing but mm. it might be the last thing our family um gets to it does with our matriarch and it was all we hoped and needed it to be Ah. Uh. Oh, that's so sweet.
0: Send in love to Oma. That's uh my goddaughter has an Oma. German for grandma.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. We love Oma. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds fucking yeah. just lovely too. A Maryland Blue Crab Fest. What like what a fun tradition. I know. And, yeah, and um yeah, that's good on you for pulling all the stops, you know, and and doing doing that cuz that's a hard thing to coordinate alone uh not in a pandemic so big big ups for getting that done safely and successfully because like you said nobody nobody seems to have gotten COVID, and that's fantastic your family deserves that
0: yeah, there's so many families wanting to see the patriarchs and matriarchs of their families right now, but, you know, are trying to make sure that they do it in the most safe way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm so happy that you got to, to do that and that the, the grandkids got to see her great grandchildren and grandkids got to see her. So wonderful. Um, finally, I think this is our last. Nope, not finally uh penultimately from anonymous pronouns she her i know 2020 has not been a good year for me uh, but i achieved the only dream i had since i started school becoming a chartered accountant which is like a cpa in the u.s and i got a job after qualifying so when people say this is a bad year i can't quite say that for me personally i'm not from the u.s but i'm a fan of your show and i listen to you every day also listening to the good news section with ag and jordan is the best part thanks for all the work you do congratulations on yes. your not american cpa your chartered accountant that's amazing
1: yes, yes congratulations well done. and congratulations on becoming a part of your favorite segment woohoo yay uh thank <laughs> you for contributing to that this next
0: <laughs> this next one that you're gonna read from from Anna I thought the first sentence was uh the first sentence is i work in i t but I for some reason I thought it was i work on it like, i wor-
1: like the clown? <laughs> uh,
0: n- or no, like just it, whatever it is. You know how some people have it, but we don't know what it is? She works on it. Like that's how I saw it in my head, just so you know what's yeah, going on with my brain in quarantine.
1: You would think, considering how many people are just looking for that person that just has it, you would think an it industry would have been established by now, but no such thing exists. People just have to have it. Ever elusive. Um, love it i work in it (laughs) my company has more than nine thousand employees at our headquarters we've been working from home since march and doing a kick-ass job by the way but our corporate overlords (laughs) i love that corporate overlords it's such a great phrase i wish people said that more uh decided we needed to come back to work in person this month anyway they said they want us to have in-person meetings to preserve company culture okay that's fucking ironic I want you to come in together so you can preserve company culture. We may lose some lives in the process, but the culture will be there and that's what matters. Uh, This is despite the fact that there's still community spread of COVID in our area, and our health department has an order that businesses should facilitate remote work as much as possible. Having 9,000 people working together in person is clearly unsafe. We employees banded together to try to get them to reverse the decision. Upper management ignored our feedback and even demoted middle managers who were too vocal in their opposition to the policy. God damn it, dude. The retaliation right now that's happening against people is pissing me off. Ah, okay. Good news. Dozens of people quit. It took a month of staff talking anonymously to reporters and pressuring local elected officials, but the public health department finally cracked down and forced them to change the policy. We can now work remotely through at least the end of the year. We probably prevented a major outbreak in our county. I'm so relieved and proud of my coworkers. Just goes to show what a dedicated group of people can do if they organize and persist. Yes. Yes. Well done. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna, and thank you to your coworkers
0: yeah and don't for one second think that y'all with your persistence didn't save lives you did so that's wonderful Mm -hmm. and you are a hero for that Mm -hmm. uh all right those are our good news submissions uh just want to bring in one last thing here this is breaking news uh from wei zhejiang on on the flight home with uh, with the president trump from wisconsin Uh, The president told us he plans to pardon someone very, very important tomorrow, who is not Edward Snowden or Michael Flynn. So, start guessing.
1: Again, during the DNC. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Right, of course. What a piece of shit. Mm Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: No argument here. Anyway, we'll see who it is, and we'll let you know tomorrow. And uh, until then, everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been A.G. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com.